fucking deep. I like it. These guys are jerks. Fucking deep. Bless you, boys. Young men expressing themselves. Unbelievable. Fucking deep. Put it in deep. You know, getting pucks deep, putting the puck deep. Put pucks in deep. You can never go wrong with getting pucks in deep. Just put the puck deep. Getting pucks out. Getting pucks deep. Pucks in deep. Pucks in deep. Puck deep. Pucks deep. Keep getting pucks deep. Put it in deep. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back. Pucks and Deep Podcast, episode 87. Here on an overcast Monday afternoon, evening here in Pembroke, Ontario. Bit of a weird day today, Lesko. Weird day today. Weird for a Monday. Lots going on. I mean, normally people, you know, get off, get their weeks off to a, a bit of a slow start maybe on Mondays. Blue Mondays. Facebook, yeah, not if you work at Facebook. You're right about that, my friend. And not if you're a social media influencer. Or even like a PR person for an organization or a social media coordinator or whatever. You had a shit day. Yeah, you know what, dude? Like, like you had a really shitty Monday. Because you basically couldn't do like 85, 90% of your job, probably. Yeah, and like I mean, your whole job is doing that shit, man. All right, well, we're we're gonna get into it a little bit more in depth later on, but yeah, at this point, Facebook's down, WhatsApp's down, Instagram's down. We might be doing this podcast for no reason whatsoever because sometime during the middle of it or by the end of it, we might be offline totally. So uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I've been talking for at least a couple of years now that you know maybe the best thing for humanity would be no more internet. No more social media. No more. No more. Everyone being a moron and and attacking other people because they think they're morons. Like it's just been a cesspool of hate <laughs> yeah. for the longest time. And I think I might. Maybe I'm. I'm getting my wish. I don't know. But either way, welcome back to the Pucks and D podcast. Josh Coleman, Adam Lesko. We got a nice show lined up for you guys here tonight. Uh, Tyler Madaraz from Sirius XM NHL Network Radio Channel 91 will join us. Back to back Sirius XM hosts. Uh, last week we had Jake Hahn. Actually, if you remember, let's go towards the end of the episode. We were uh, making Jake play manager for us, right? And he was, and he was able to book our our buddy Ty. So Tyler Madaraz is going to return to the Puck Pod here this evening. We're going to pick his brain on a bunch of things. Uh, it's going to be a good time, man. But we've got a couple of big stories that we got to get to, and yeah, I mean, I don't know how we avoid the the social media topic because as you as you mention it to me, Lesko, I'm thinking to myself, like, yeah, obviously you got your social media influencers, but beyond that, and, and obviously the employees at their respective companies, beyond that, there's a huge scope of people that would be affected. Like you'd have specific jobs for people to handle, like, let's say troubleshooting or customer service mm -hmm. on the Facebook page. That's what you do. Your job is that nine to five, and you've got literally thousands of people trying to instant message you at one mm -hmm. time. What does that person do? Do they Nothing. still get paid? Oh, I hope so. But I mean, geez, like that's a that's a weird day. You're, you go from being like overwhelmed to having literally nothing. <laughs> the weirdest part about it is in the it was early reported earlier this morning that that things were were pretty fucked up over at Facebook headquarters, I guess, because people couldn't get in the building. Like they couldn't use their their fobs to 
access the building. So See, like, I, that's curious. That, that's so weird because it just tells you that it's, like obviously it's a, a big issue if it's all day, right? It's not just like down for 20 minutes or half an hour, an hour. Uh, yeah, a couple hours. All, okay, fine. All day. So like, it, and but the early reports and there's a lot of shit flying around out there right now. But it seems like it's uh, it's it's a big deal around there, not just uh, I don't know, like a server issue or something like that. Well, I can tell you one thing too that really perks my interest, and it's as much as I like to harp on social media. I mean, I, I, I'm a guilty party. I go on there and argue with people Very all the time. Very guilty. Very I argue guilty. with people all the time. Now, mostly it's hockey stuff. Lately, it's been some vaccination stuff because I like to fight the good fight. But at the end of the day, there this is a way for people to communicate. And I have friends of mine that, I mean, I guess I don't know if you call them my friends. I, I would call them my friends. I've never met them in person. But I talk to them like every day in the group chat. I found my way into this random group chat. It used to be a football fantasy, a fantasy football uh, group chat, and it kind of expanded. And one time a guy said, hey, I got a buddy that I think he'll have a good time in here. Let's bring him in. That was me. I joined. And, you know, several, several years later, we're, we're in it. Like, I know these guys. I know these guys better than some of their actual friends, I think, <laughs> because you're, you're very honest in a group chat. That's the thing. Right, Lesko? I don't know if you're in any group chats, but like group chats with people that you don't really like know, know, like you're not going to see them every day or at events or at family gatherings. You're honest with those people. Like you, you say some things that you definitely wouldn't say, you know, in public or to other people. You say them in the group chat. And I laughed. I'm wondering, I'm like, maybe our, maybe our group chat crashed the internet or something, you know, but, but I guess my point is communication. Like I, I have no way to actually communicate with those boys. I don't, I don't know their phone numbers. I, I don't, I don't have them in my phone or anything. It's just, I'm in the group chat. So, you know, Hey, what's up boys. If you guys are listening and we still haven't been able to chat by the time you listen to this podcast, hope you all are doing well, but it's weird. Let's go. I think that's, that goes beyond just myself being a part of a group chat. I think there's lots of people that probably only communicate via instant messenger and now they can't do it. Yeah. And there's whole uh, there's a whole economy right out there oh. that's specifically you know businesses that are totally centered through selling through th- these apps right and driving traffic through these apps so it's a shit day for a lot of people that that are in that that whole industry i guess and you know i fuck facebook like <laughs> i could care less i agree like I've seen a lot of takes out there today. They're like, well, imagine, oh, no, Facebook's down. Imagine it never came back. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I'm I, a little bit on that train. I can, I'm definitely on that train. The reason why I'm not is because I do enjoy certain things that Facebook offers me that I'm sure some other platform could step in and offer. But like, you know, for, for example, one of the big ones, let's go, just watching gamers. I like, I like watching gamers play like i don't know if you're familiar with this guy but one of the more popular gamers out there is stone mountain 64 for example oh yeah he's been streaming for years like yeah, back in 2011 hilarious. he is hilarious i, I love- just when i first saw that guy it was like 10 years ago when playing uh battlefield, battlefield. battlefield 3 because <laughs> yeah, battlefield. he does like the uh what's it it's like the actual like i'm in a war commentary yes like the he, commanding he talk- officer he, yeah he talks to everyone like like it's the military. Yeah. Like, you On your left. Watch your six. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. He joins random squads 
with people he doesn't know. He yeah, just starts, rent. starts ordering them around. But then they win. Yeah. They oh, get a yeah, win, you know, yeah. and those were some of his early videos were like – They were great. Commanding officer Stone Mountain 64 leads the troop to a victory, and, and the reactions from the random people that he joins up with is, is pr- pretty hilarious so as well. So you watch his live streams on yeah, Facebook? Yeah, I, I want – you know, I don't tend to – I don't really gravitate to the live streams, to be honest with you. I'm just too busy. Like they do them during work hours. I'm working like, um, but, but he'll, he'll clip like nice things, good videos, uh, fun plays or whatever. And, and he'll post them later. And then I kind of fall down the rabbit hole. I'll watch a video of him and then I'll, I'll go underneath that. And it's a, I don't know if you know this guy, but his name is John boy. And he does breakdowns for like MLB and they're hilarious. Like they're uncensored, R-rated, hilarious breakdowns of like Adam Lesko getting beamed by a pitch and then the manager coming out and then Lesko gets ejected from the game after an argument. Okay. And he does a breakdown and he pauses it and he rewinds it and he'll figure out what the people are saying. And then it becomes like a bad lip reading video. You saw right. those videos from the yep. NFL. He'll do that. Like he'll be like, look at this guy. He's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? And then he'll zoom in on a fan and he'll be like, look at this fan. Look at this fan. Come on. Like, right as the guy's yelling, come on. They're pretty funny, man. So I like falling down those rabbit holes of fun videos. And Facebook provides that for me. And I won't, I won't be able to, I won't be able to get it Just spoon feeding you. Just keeps you going. Eh? It does. I'm not going to lie. It does. It's mostly a nighttime thing, kind of just before I'm about ready to actually go to bed. I'm on the couch. I'm having a snack. I'll spend, you know, 15, 20 minutes looking through some videos. If the videos are longer than five minutes, I'm not watching it. Just a quick little thing. And that's about yeah, it. Yeah, you got to keep them short so you don't get committed. Like, whenever yeah. I do say, you know, I'm just going to watch crappy videos. It's usually on YouTube. And largely, I found, like, it's not crappy anymore. Like, the quality of production of this kind of stuff i guess it's a lot easier to do but you know i I find i subscribe to enough channels now that i get a pretty good feed of like pretty reasonable decent content for the algorithm works for you i guess yeah well just based on the subscription like i have a good like and i don't subscribe to a ton of shit i maybe have like 10 channels i subscribe to but right you know gaming history hockey whatever it is and uh so i always have like and guys who post regularly, right? So you have, you know, you, you don't go on there for a couple of weeks and then you've got, you know, a couple of videos or something to watch. So I feel bad for Kirsty because she has been putting a ton of work into that farmhouse restoration page that she started for us doing our renos and restoring this old farmhouse. She's got a ton of followers on there. She's had people like, you know, instant messaging her on Instagram to like get her ideas and stuff. And she's even mentioned, she's like, maybe I should be an interior designer. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if the paycheck is as good. Yeah, not like, unless you move to the city. <laughs> we kind of need you. You have to go to the city. But, um, but yeah, it's something that she has on the side. It's a little hobby. She's not making any money from it, but honestly, let's go. I love it as well because it actually is. It, it's a very, it's a very convenient way for us to quickly go back and be like, look at what this room used to look like. Yeah. And then we can be like, oh, here's all the, here's like all the you, photos. It's Chronological like a, it's like a order. public journal, basically. Yeah. 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 But even, but neat. even not when it's public, like who let's like, let's pretend it's not for Tell anyone Tell the people else. where they can follow your 
follow Kirsty's page. Oh maybe. my god, are you, you don't putting even know me what on it the spot eh? right now? It's Farmhouse in the Valley. I can't oh. even look it up on Instagram. It's dead. Yeah, you're right. I was gonna look it up. Oh I, yeah, I thought I followed it. <laughs> <laughs> follow it on Instagram. Follow it on Instagram if it's still there when you're listening yeah, to the show. I think it's called Farmhouse in the Valley. Okay. Is what it's called. There's a lot of pictures of the farmhouse, a lot of pictures of Archie. Actually, you know what? That's a good point, Lesko, because if uh, if we've got – like some of our regular listeners have obviously heard me talk about what, what's been going on here um, at this property for a while now. It's actually hard to think, eh, Lesko, when we started this podcast, it was over at, on Market Street yeah, by yeah. the hospital in, in the basement there. Um, but, yeah, it's come a long way, and, uh, yeah, if you guys want to – Want to kind of get a handle on <clears throat> what we're looking at here in the uh, in the Pucks in Deep podcast studio? Go right ahead. Whenever Instagram comes back, if it ever does, never, maybe never, maybe never. I don't know. I've I guess if social media has given us one thing, it's given us a, a glimpse into the minds of some of uh, our NHL players, anyway. So without social media, we wouldn't have the big lead story, I guess, coming into Monday after Robin Leonard. Sounded off again. He's been quite uh, direct, I guess, about his feelings on a lot of topics. He's colorful, quite. And (laughs) and you know what? Like, apparently, he's gotten a lot of people reaching out to him, current and former players, to kind of give him a you know boost, you know, encourage him, pat him on the back for basically saying it in public. What a lot of them don't want to because no one wants to be the face of that firestorm. I no think. one wants to be a whistleblower. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I guess to put it in the context for the listeners, if you didn't see it, but uh, Robin Leonard posted on the, on the second, I guess that was Saturday, right? Where he asked it, he says, is it common for workplaces to give out benzos to employees when they travel and Ambien? Should that not be done by doctors or a psychiatrist? Asking for a friend. This doesn't happen in Vegas, to be clear, but I know many other teams... And then said, I also been on in on teams that do. So in his kind of trademark style, I know English is not his first language, but it's a bit of a, the text here is, is, is a bit of a clusterfuck. And I think that's what maybe spurred some of the controversy. So the next follow-up tweet, he said, he tash, ha, uh, tagged Philadelphia Flyers, or like <clears throat> hashtag them and said, dinosaur coach treating people, robots, not human. Fire these dinosaurs, fire Vigneault, first story. I got proof. Try to shake your way out of this one. And then his follow-up to that was, and they say Ambien is is a sleeping pill. It's funny that rehab told me that's why I didn't have REM sleep. Eight years, no REM sleep. Great. But yeah, just sleeping pills. So that's a a lot, right? So it took me a couple of reads even to, to glean what he was saying here. But what I did gather is that there are teams that have been giving players pills without exactly being upfront about what those pills are. Okay. Him being one of them and having, you know, I guess a lot of the addiction issues that derail almost derailed his career and almost killed him, as he said in a, right. a couple of subsequent tweets. Um it was weird though. So this this got a lot of legs, obviously, and there was a follow up tweet from a somebody I've never heard of, this guy Drew Wheeler on Twitter, okay, he posts like breaking, uh, uh, Nolan Patrick was given benzos and Ambien uh, without, without uh, by the medical training staff of the Flyers without uh, them disclosing what they were giving him or something. And I look at this guy's profile, he's, he's verified, but he, he says Quinnipiac uh, journalism, 
right? So I'm like, well, who the fuck is this guy? And I did and see then that. He says, and then he posts a follow-up tweet saying, my sources aren't Robin Leonard. Yes. And then today, deletes the tweet, posts a retraction apology, because obviously the NHL lawyers probably phoned him up. And so I don't know if this guy was just trying to, like, he imagined this and was so certain about it that he thought he would throw it out there. I'm not sure. So this is Are where Leonard's we're, tweets still up? Leonard's tweets are still up, and he talked to Saravelli as well about it. Oh, he did? Because uh, Saravelli published an article on DFO about it today where he, he made some clarity because what, what happened earlier today is Alain Vigneault was being interviewed, and he basically that. said, like, I don't know... You know, I don't know the guy. I don't. I don't know where this coming from. I'm not a drug pusher, and he's like, but that was weird because the the way the media and and I kind of this is where the the hockey media kind of let us down because they when they asked him about it, they presented like, oh, well, Arben Leonard said you were you were basically pushing drugs on the kids, like on the players, just handing handing them out to the players. But that's yeah. not what he said, right? Right. Well, I think it, like you said, it was lost he, in translation. He put, right? put Vino in there, right? So they uh, somebody made that connection, but I, but where I really, what I got from it when I read it was he's saying that you know teams do this, this is one of them, and the the coach is ultimately responsible for his team, right? Yeah. You know, it's not as if he went and like went to the medicine cabinet in the doctor's office and started dumping them down people's throats. I don't think that's what he's saying. <laughs> no, no, but but I, get, I but I feel like there's some responsibility there. I guess. But I just find it so strange. Like, what does Vino have to do with it, though? I don't know, and that's the thing is, and he he offered up in in, a, in another tweet saying like, you know, I'm going to start. Uh, I want this problem to be dealt with. I'm going to start telling more stories and providing proof if they uh, if something's not done about it. So of course the PA gets involved, has a meeting with him yesterday. Apparently the NHL has reached out to setting meeting with him as well to interview him. I guess about this. Man. Right. So there's movement on that front. I don't know how much we trust the league to get anything done on this if it is in fact an issue, which. There, this is not a new thing, right? It's not shocking. No, I wouldn't say it's shocking, but... But it's not something that gets played. It's not something anyone talks about. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I, I just don't really know how to unpack this because I'm not in the training room right? when the trainer says, all right, you're going to be okay. Uh, here's a couple pills. Take these ones tonight mm -hmm. and then make sure you take these two in the morning, but don't take this red one until next week or something you know are they like <clears throat> is is where's the onus okay because if i'm the athlete and they're telling me to take the pills i would have to say that i would feel it would be important for me as a human being to be like what are these yeah like what are you giving me what are they yeah. oh well these two are tylenol this one you know and if they lied to me then okay but at least i asked so that's where I'm coming from on this. Like, as long as the players are not just removing all guilt and all responsibility, they, they gave me pills. I didn't ask questions. Well, fuck, man. Ask a couple of questions. Right. Make them lie to you, and then you'll have a case, I guess. So I don't know because I don't, I've never been in the rooms to see these types of things go down. I find it really strange that Leonard feels it necessary and feels that he has enough in the chamber to single out one coach. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting because you wonder what he heard. I mean, he never played there, right? So, never played for Vino anywhere. No, so I, I, I'd like to know what's behind that. And it was interesting because uh, uh, I think it was Tom Sestito played about 150 games in the NHL. Yep. He had posted about it on Twitter as well, basically saying good for Lander for standing up for the greater good. I can only speak for myself, but the amount of vitamin T in brackets Toradol, which Rick Westhead did a – uh, that was the core of his W5 special that he did um, when they were investigating uh, drug use in pro hockey and uh, kind of the, the addictions that, and issues that result from that. And then he goes on to say, and Ambien. The amount of Toradol and Ambien I was given is insane. As the NHL is getting a lot younger, these kids should know what they're walking into. Yeah, which is important, right? Because we we have seen a bit of a shift, Lesko, from – the old day. Well, not a bit of a shift. We've seen a huge shift from the old day where, I mean, you could be knocked unconscious and, you know, you should, you should be in the hospital tonight. Yeah. But you're back. You're in starting game two tomorrow. You're back for the third yeah. even. Yeah. You know, Paul Correa. Yeah. Is a great, is a great example, right? We've shifted away from that masculinity mentality where, no, I, I can stay in, you know, I can do this thing. And, we saw that in the in the All or Nothing series mm-hmm. about the Leafs, which I'm sure we'll get into later as well, with John Tavares. The reason why John Tavares injured his knee so badly is because he was trying to get up. Yeah. Because it's that mentality. Get up. Get back in it. Do whatever mm-hmm. you can. Freeze it. Give me a pill. Now, do whatever. So now we're, we're shifting away from that, and we're starting to put some blame on some people that maybe are to blame for some mental trauma that it, these players experienced. It's not just about – I think the mentality is starting to change, but I don't think it's it's starting to take hold in the league. And you think about the a lot of the guys who who coach and manage in the, in the NHL and, and really any high level of hockey still came up in the culture of team first. Not only do you not – you know, you play injured and you don't talk about the, you know, the drugs that we got you addicted to, but you don't talk about it afterwards and you because it's team first. Yeah. It's it's not as individual based, right? So I I like that players are, are pushing back against shit they don't like. Well, and back in that day, let's go, they didn't have a platform like Twitter. They would have had to like well, call they, a journalist. Right. Right. Or they and and they would be a you whistleblower. Know, well, you'd be, yeah, basically treated as such, like you'd be blackballed. Yes. I mean, 20 years ago, you call up, you know, a guy in the Toronto Star and you say, yeah, the team's giving us opiates uh, all the time and two of my p- teammates are addicted to them and, you know, I'm all fucked up because I've had six conkeys and they still want me to play. Yeah. You know, team would sewer you, disown you and, and you know, and, and think about Robin Leonard. So let's put the folks back on him, right? He came out as bipolar, what, like a year ago or yeah. something like that? Recently after enough, had, yeah. You know, after his uh, most recent rehab stint or whatever it was. But, and then it seems like a lot of things that he's said have kind of gotten brushed aside, either by like the, you know, the mainstream hockey media or the NHL or whomever. Right. Because they're like, oh, he's kind of a loose cannon. Chalk it up to that. And it was an easy play to right. say that. But you can only do that for so long. And especially when other guys start coming out and, and confirming the same things. Because say he spearheads something with the league. He has an open dialogue with the league and says, yeah, I'll give you a number of 10 guys who will back me up. You know, anonymous, maybe anonymously, semi-anonymously. 
um, former teammates, you know, guys from all around the league. Because, like I said earlier, it's not super surprising. We kind of know that, that this fits that hockey culture mold, right? Oh, it most definitely and does. like anything to win. Like, take this pill. Yeah, I don't care what it is. I'm going to take it. And that's how a lot of people got fucked up from yeah. doing stuff like that. Just taking them, just taking them. And I think he kind of alludes that in his tweet saying, well, they're not just sleeping pills. But I think they're they're told that, yeah, they're just sleeping pills when they're, you know, opiates or they're something highly addictive, but without explaining it to them. And like you said, they don't ask a lot of the times because, you know, they're 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 trust these guys, right? Well, that's that's You're what, part of the team. That's what I was getting at before. Okay. If if the players, you know, largely aren't asking, that's a different problem to me. Right. If the players are asking and they're being lied to, that's a diff again, a different animal. Well, a that cri- that's a criminal, criminal problem. Stuff. That's, that's a thing. criminal if problem. If any players were misled, that's a criminal thing and that's something that needs to be dealt with like yesterday. But my confidence in the NHL is at an all-time low with the way they handle this Blackhawks thing. Criminal shit. We're talking about criminal fucking stuff. Like stuff that's not just a big deal now because it's 2020 and not 10, 2010 anymore. Right. But stuff is a big deal because it's fucking criminal as far as I'm concerned. But but isn't that still ongoing though? It is, but when it they've already said they're not even going to make that shit public. Like when they, when they conduct their informa- uh, investigation. Right. Yeah, but I mean, making it public and the public finding out are two very different things. I mean, when the when the investigation concludes and certain individuals are relieved of their duties, I feel like you can. They won't even kick Stan Bowman off Team USA right now for the Olympics, despite a, a multi-group effort and petition petitioning U.S. Olympic hockey to do so, to remove him, because he's basically under investigation for covering up sexual assault, and he still has his job. So not that it matters, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but would you at this point in your life be willing to say he's definitely guilty of something? Like he did, like he, he knew and he did nothing, or, or he helped? I don't care what it is. Would you at some point say this guy needs, needs to pay? For his con, like he needs yeah, consequences. Absolutely, right? Because he, he dodged consequences for ten years. So I think that's fair. I and the reason why I asked you first is because I didn't want to show my hand. <laughs> I agree. I feel that way too. Like I don't. I'm not necessarily ready to put him on a cross and light him on fire or hang him at the gallows. Uh, but you know, I want. I I would like to see the investigation run its course and have him pay for his actions, have consequences for the decisions that he made or refused. Yeah. to make because it sounds to me like there's there's going to be heads yet to roll in that situation because based on what we've seen published alone by you know in the court proceedings by rick westhead by the uh, I, I can't remember who initially published the article but um i mean that that whole thing there's heads there's got to be heads that are going to roll for that because whether or not we get the full scope of what happened I can see some people getting shoved out the door because just alone on that evidence of, of you know, multiple people claiming that multiple people within the organization knew, like somebody's got to go for that. Somebody has to answer for that because the end result can't be everyone saying that everyone knew and a bunch of the upper management's being like, no, we didn't. Yeah, no, they, they're lying. That can't be good enough. All of them are lying. Right? That can't be good enough that, that you know, 
it, it reportedly went all the way through the invest or the organization and nothing actually happened. Now, are they going to be culpable in these lawsuits? That remains to be seen because that's a whole different thing. They're trying to get that thrown out right now, right? But uh, man, I'm telling you, like not to say that it's a bad thing because I, I think it's a good thing that we uncover some of this bullshit that went on for many years so that we can learn and that we can change moving forward, right? But does this not just create Pandora's box, that proverbial can of worms for like basically all the other major sports, let's go. Like, what about people mm. in the NFL must be shaking in their boots right now? People yeah. in the MLB must be shaking in their boots right now, thinking about what the, you know the shit that they used to pull. If I'm if I'm any hockey teams, pro sports team, even AHL teams, I'm shoulder checking right now. Like, I'm trying to figure out what did I do wrong? What did <laughs> what did we do? Because at the end of the day, and, and like I said, it's it's out there. There are stories out there about guys who who were overprescribed medications and it ruined their careers and it ruined their lives and they died early because of it. Right. Like there are real-world consequences. I mean, right now, the, the NHL is actively fighting uh, uh, as part of the court ruling in the concussion lawsuits. They're actively fighting paying the legal fees right now over that whole thing. So, like... They fight this shit tooth and nail. And what bothers me about it is that I, I like in typical NHL and pro sports and big company fashion, they're going to treat it, this issue, I think, the Robin Leonard thing, just like the racism issue that they swept under the rug and all the other shit they've always swept under the rug is they treat it like a PR problem, not an actual problem. No, it's true. And actually, it's not even that... You're right. They treat it like a PR problem, but I, I don't. I almost don't want to say this out loud. But it, it's like they treat it like a PR opportunity, right? As in, oh, we don't look. We've very, changed. We don't like, look very good here. Let's do something for five minutes, yeah, and make everyone Let's feel have great. Racism or a hockey fights racism night, and right. You know what I mean? But and and Akeem Aliu tweeted about this on the subject of you know the NHL's looking into this he's like yeah the NHL told me they were looking into all the allegations of racism that I told them about 2 years ago and I haven't seen jack shit from yeah. that yeah you know so their track record is not good as far as getting to the bottom of anything or being transparent about anything and i and things you know guys might go quietly out of this you know teams might start flicking guys off quietly whether it's health officials or, 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 you know, other, other, uh, coaches. But yeah, what was interesting too, is, um, uh, Fletcher there came out cause he, he statement on this as well. And he kind of did the whole PR thing is, you know, uh, health and safety of players is that most important of our organization and yada, yada bullshit. But, but the one thing he said that I thought was interesting, he said, any care provided to them comes from the team's healthcare professionals and not the coaching staff. So right there, he made a separation. Okay, not these guys out front that you see on the benches all the time. Everything's done in, in the rooms, that, the guys that you don't see and you don't know. Right. Right? So like a massive deflection from the coaches who, like, I don't think that's entirely accurate. No, it can't be. I was just going to gonna say to you. How many yeah, but coaches go to the training staff and said, yeah, oh, yeah, so he can play, right? Yeah. So he can play? Well, what if you give him a couple of those? Yeah, he should be all right. That'll that'll do him. Numb it. Whatever. Get him in. 
Like, tell me that's never happened. No, of course. It probably of happens. Course it, happens. it probably happens all the time. It like, probably happened yesterday in a preseason game. Yes, like, absolutely, dude. Well, that's what I was going to say when you were wrapping up there. I was going to say, who's dictating that, though? Like, right. who's dictating what the medical personnel says? You, you mean says? to tell me that the coaches never weigh in and ask questions like, and, and, and I know the Leafs are really painted that way, too, right? With injuries like, oh, when is uh, Austin going to be back from his wrist injury? Oh, I don't know. You have to talk to the doctors about that. Babs used to do that a lot, too. He wouldn't even speculate or, or comment at all. He'd just mm-hmm. be like, oh, I, you got to talk to the doctors about that. I don't know. Yeah. It's whenever they say he's good to go. Right. Which is the way it should be. Yes. But and is maybe, it the way and, it is? And how many organizations actually run that way? Yeah. And really, that was the whole... That was supposed to be the whole shift after the, the concussion lawsuits and, and us learning more and more about traumatic brain injuries and CTE. That was supposed to be like the number one recommendation is that there are no combative influences going into whether or not a player plays. It's strictly the medical staff and that's right. it. And they have the authority to be like, he's not playing. Man, I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's a That's a real fucked up scenario, dude. And like... I. You need you need more inside information, right? Like we sure. definitely need we definitely need old Ricky Westhead to keep digging. Yes, absolutely. And I I will throw it out there though. So there's a couple things for for you guys to check out if you want to learn more on this topic. So the CTV W five episode that I talked about earlier, and he did it on uh, on painkiller abuse and pro hockey. And then back in 2018, they did a TSN original called Legalized, and it was basically about cannabis and sports and and, and alternative medical treatments. And he interviewed Jeff Friesen, if you remember him. Yeah. Sharks, Devils, maybe yep. back in the day. But he had basically told him straight up that he had proposed to uh, the team he was with at the time that I, I don't want to take opiates. And, and um, you know, back in the day, it would have been what, like Percocet and, and shit like that. Yeah. Yep. And he said, I instead want to treat myself with medical cannabis in different ways. And they basically said, you don't have to quit the team. We just can't let you do it. Yeah. Basically, like you will, we will not oversee that, and probably more to do legal things and legal ramifications than anything. Yes, but it just goes to show you how uh, I I shouldn't. It's not the best way to bar. I was going to say not maybe the the best interest. The best interest I think of the individual are not at heart. It's the team's interest, and it's also. I think there's something to be said with how the medical industry operates, especially in the United States. Yeah. Take a pill for this. Take a pill for that. Yes. I mean, you watch it at American Daytime TV is 80% ads for fucking Viagra. Well, different pills that, that have 50 side effects that aren't, that just got approved last week. Yes. You know, that, that fuck. Yeah. Okay. We're going to cure your fucking indigestion, but you, you might we're give you diarrhea. Oh, yeah, give you 10 different fucking things while we're at it. It's just, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I feel like people play pretty fast and loose with medications down there. So it's uh, it's a really, really tough situation for any player to be in to say, especially when you're talking about your playing time, your career, your opportunities, seizing the moment. A pro athlete every day counts because you never know what's going to be gone. Yeah, and- that's right. Your Well, your judgment is, is, is kind of clouded in that moment, Lesko, because you, you know that – or maybe you don't know. Well, but you- don't play – or take this pill and feel good enough to play. Yeah. Or, or you know, get your proper sleep with this pill. And nothing ha- nothing good happens from not playing. No. When that's your livelihood, right? Exactly. I don't know. You want to bring Ty in and see if we can get a, an insider's perspective? 
I, it'd be interesting to see what he's what he's hearing because I'm sure it's a conversation he's been having. Maybe well, and we got to well, ask him about the Blue Jays. Too. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm gonna. Do you think FaceTime audio will work? No. Why would it work? I don't know. Oh, is it Apple? That's an Apple thing, right? Yeah. No, you should you should be all right then. Oh, it is it is working. Oh, hold on. I don't even have him. I don't even have him on. Hold on, Ty. I fucked this up badly here. Way to go. There, you got me now, Ty. I got gotcha. you. Oh, yes. Look at this. All right, bud. So we're, we're already rolling. We did the same thing with Jake last week. We're just, we're rolling right into it. We, we just wrapped up a big conversation about the Robin Leonard situation. I said, well, let, let's get an insider's perspective. So come on, Ty, what can you give us from the inside? What's going on there? Oh man. Yeah. Insider is a big word. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if I can give you any, any insider information, maybe like an Elliot or a Darren Drager, but, uh, it's interesting, actually, just following the tweets uh, over the weekend. We all knew, as hockey fans, Robin Leonard's been fairly outspoken in his career ever since he kind of came into the NHL. He was even kind of a, a I call him a different guy in the Ontario Hockey League, but um, he's gone through a lot, and he kind of just wants to speak his mind, and that's what social media platforms are for, and maybe owners or Gary Bettman or the NHL doesn't don't want players to do that sort of thing, but... Uh, Robin Leonard felt it was kind of time to put everything out there. And I think as fans, we can kind of respect and appreciate that. And um, now it's just kind of cool to know all that. And man, if, if a lot of it is true, uh, I think things have to change in the National Hockey League in regards to a lot of the prescription drugs they give out and everything they kind of do with players' injuries. But uh, it certainly made for a lot of good conversation over the weekend and, and into today. Yeah, for sure, Tyler. And, you know, I thought the... the the kind of the main players in the hockey media dropped the ball a little bit when they were interviewing Vigneault this morning because they made it, they kind of portrayed it as if Leonard was accusing him of basically just handing them out himself, like with a Pez dispenser or something. Like, <laughs> and and I don't, I, that's not wasn't my takeaway at all. I know the tweets are a little broken and, and they're not the most coherent stream there, but I got kind of got the idea of basically say, yeah, I, I got the idea he was saying the buck stops with the coach here and that there's no decisions that are kind of made without them being involved in some regard. Yeah, for sure. And man, like as a head coach, if you're being accused of these kind of things, you kind of have to speak out. So uh, to hear Elaine Vigneault come out today and yeah, I, maybe they did drop the ball in, in a sense, but at least he kind of tried to clear things up. Like he was called the dinosaur, which was I think really funny to a lot of us by Robin Leonard, which maybe a lot of players do think that the, older coaches in the National Hockey League maybe don't have as much say as they used to but crazily enough Daryl Sutter was brought back last year so yeah. we'll see how he does this year in Calgary but um, just back to Elaine Vigneault um, you can't really say much he's just really accused of this by Robin Leonard and Robin Leonard never even played for him but I think this whole kind of just stems back to Nolan Patrick being a teammate of Leonard now and maybe just I guess we could just say maybe he's talked to him about it but who really knows uh, but Robin Leonard really put all his cards on the table and it'll be interesting to see uh, when if and when the NHL does have that uh, that interview with him. We're with Tyler Matteraz here from Sirius XM NHL Network Radio Channel 91. Ty, uh, thanks for uh, joining the boys again here on the Puck Pod. We'll shift over to maybe a little bit of a, a lighter conversation. Uh, I, I know that you have been following the Jays playoff race. And How it, is that lighter? Well, it's lighter It's it, it, it's lighter because it's not about, uh, I don't know. It's Come on, it's lighter. It, they didn't make it, Ty. Uh, you you did you go to a couple games towards the end of the season or just the one? I know you got I know you and Jake went to a game. Yeah, I just got into one game during the Yankees series. Unfortunately, they lost. It was like the Yankees had 
five hits that were all solo home runs and it was kind of an annoying game but obviously oh. when you're getting pints there it kind of helps the the loss so <laughs> um in that sense it helped but yeah just watching on sunday it was fun like it was fun kind of following all the games you, i don't know about you guys but i had them all on had a lot of the alerts going on my phone and was mainly watching the jays game but was flicking over the yankees and the red Sox to see how they were doing the mariners were kind of out of it really quickly and Oh, man, like just the, the Yankees walk off. You kind of had a feeling it was going to happen. They had like one hit going into the ninth and um, they were in front of their home crowd. So they got her done. And then uh, you can't trust the Washington Nationals. I think we know that following them all year, mm-hmm. being one of the worst teams in, in Major League Baseball with one of the best players, which is crazy in Juan Soto. But um, you, you kind of had a feeling their bullpen was going to blow something after they gave up that 5-1 lead. So uh, a tough way to end it for the Toronto Blue Jays. But uh, I think they'll have a fairly similar roster next year. All depends on if they can re-sign Semyon and Ray and maybe shore up the bullpen a little, but uh, definitely a disappointing way to go out. It was pretty devastating. Uh, Tampa left runners in scoring, I think, in the seventh and eighth, yeah. was it? Like, it was late. Yeah. It was later on in the game, and it was like, man, these guys are going to score one for sure. I think one of the innings they let off – uh, led off with an infield hit or a dropped. Oh no! It was the one that was the uh, pop fly that should have been caught. It dropped mm-hmm. down and then he stole second base. He had a guy on second base with none out, and I was yeah. like, "This is going to be they're they're scoring one for sure," and they were unable to do so. Yeah, best team uh, in the AL East, right? Like, why couldn't they have just scored one of those runs? Like they had Randy Rosarena on third base, I think, with one out. Maybe That's right. I think that was one of the late game ones you were just talking about there, yeah. Josh. But. Uh, they could not score him, and I, I guess you got to give the Yankees bullpen some credit. But man, at the end of the day, like the Tampa Bay Rays are the the best team in their division for a reason, and and they would have loved to uh, make the Yankees kind of play a tiebreaker game, which would have been tonight. I think that would have been fun after recording the podcast. Day eh? maybe just grab a beer and, and watch a little game one sixty three in Major League Baseball, but nah, couldn't happen. Oh, it would have been great, and. I was so disappointed. I mean, I, it was a lot of fun to watch because they they did exactly what they had to do, right? They crushed Baltimore yesterday, and it was there was home runs. It was a grand slam. I mean, can't argue with any of that. But of course, the second they uh, uh, Sportsnet sl- uh, flips over to the Boston game, I believe Boston got the winning run, like <laughs> the very next pitch when uh, when Buddy went yard. Yeah, and it was like, all right, well, that's that's it. Like that little glimmer of hope after the game, but I think yeah, I kind of agree. Like when Washington blew that five-one league, and especially like you said with the kind of team they are this year, you almost had to know like there was no way they were going to win. It was just a hope and a prayer that maybe the Rays could get a run in there. Yeah, you just you just couldn't trust the Washington Nationals at the end of the day. And, and if there was Jays fans out there that maybe were just focusing on the Jays and being like, all right, like I'll wait till the game's over. They're crushing the Orioles. We'll see how the other games shake out. Maybe no one was like that because all the games were on at the same time. But, yeah, to, to have it flipped over like that and then just see Devers absolutely demolish a ball to dead center field was just an, an absolute, like, just a, a buzzkill. That's all you can call it. It was a buzzkill. At that point, you you knew the Washington Nationals weren't going to be able to score a couple runs in, in the bottom half and, and win the game and set up a tiebreaker game, which there could have been chaos, boys. We could have seen absolutely chaos if, if Seattle, Toronto – both won, and New York and Boston both lost. We would have seen that four-way tie, which I don't think has ever happened no. before. So, Do you even know um, what would have happened, Ty? Like, what would have been the result of that? Yeah, if there was the four-way tie, the best team, which 
uh, now I forget. It's it, either New York or Boston would have like let's just say it was New York. They would have had the pick of they did. who they wanted to play. Yeah, they did. So let's say they would have been like, all right, we're gonna play Seattle, and then they would have uh, hosted Seattle, and then the Jays would have hosted Boston actually in the other one if it ended up being Red Sox Jays. So the the chaos would have been awesome tonight. That would have been so crazy. Two, so yeah. it would have been like two extra playing games to 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 decide who occupies the the positions, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah, that would have been uh, tonight. They probably would have been going on in what in like half an hour. Yeah, Jeez. I guess at the end of the day, I'm just happy that we had a meaningful baseball in September. It's been probably what a good five six years since they've had a you know a decent team that that could challenge or make the playoffs. So I guess the big question though, Ty, going into next year. Do you think they're able to bring back Robbie Ray and Semyon or one of the two at least? Yeah, I think one of the two. I'm, I'm confident they can bring back Robbie Ray. Uh, I think a lot of Jays fans want to see those tight pants back on the mound, which are always oh, usually yeah. funny seeing Ray in those uh, in those things. But um, <laughs> I, I think they can convince Ray. And we know over the years, like you guys have been Jays fans a long time like I have, like they've had trouble convincing players to stay in Toronto, convincing really good pitchers that they've had to stay um, but in this case, this is probably one of the most talented Blue Jays teams we've seen in a long, long time. Like, even better than the teams four or five years ago that were anchored by Donaldson and Bautista and Encarnacion. Like, this team is obviously special with the numbers that they were putting up. So I think they can convince Ray to come back. Who would have ever thought he'd be in contention for the Cy Young after watching him pitch with the Diamondbacks and, and then in his first season in Toronto? But, hey, he did it this year. And with Marcus Semien, it seems like he kind of sees what we see as fans, the potential of this team to maybe be a World Series contender in the next year or two with all the young talent that they have. So um, if he wants to play shortstop, he can go somewhere else. But if he's still content being a second baseman, I, I, I don't see why he wouldn't re-sign in Toronto. You know, it was a difficult season for the Blue Jays that, you know, saw them start up in uh, wherever it was. Was it Florida where they began? They began I think the season Dunedin, in, yeah. In, in Dunedin, um, they played a game in Anaheim uh, and then, you know, moved on to uh, Buffalo, or maybe the Anaheim game was first. I don't know. I, I have a I have a visual in front of me here. So, you know, they they they're zero for one in Anaheim. They're ten and eleven, ten and eleven in Florida, twelve and eleven in Buffalo, and then twenty five and eleven at the Rogers Center. Wow. So, I mean, you you know, you give the Toronto Blue Jays a full season at the Rogers Center, and I think maybe playoffs are an easy thing to accomplish. Uh, based on those those records, obviously a difficult season for them. But I mean, you know, the diamond is the same, right? I know the stadium is different, yep. uh, but the lines are the same. It's sixty feet to the base, or 90, 90 feet, uh, excuse me, to the base. You know, it's uh, unfortunately they didn't get it done. But looking forward to uh, you know a full season next year. Uh, you know, hopefully with full capacity and whatnot at the uh, at the Rogers Center. But man, they they really put on a show when they're at home, don't they? They do. It's fun being in the building uh, when there's playoff baseball, when there's games on the line near the end of the regular season. And as you said, the, the diamond widths are the same. Maybe some of the, the outfield walls are a bit further or a bit mm -hmm. farther in, in specific diamonds. But at the end of the day, and I can kind of relate this back to the Leafs, actually, just from an, an interview I heard Wayne Simmons do like last week or something like that, like, he just said he's pumped like a lot of other NHL players to get fans back in the building. He thinks it's going to change his game specifically because he kind of just works off the crowd's energy. And in baseball, a lot of baseball players are like that. Like the diamonds are the same, but maybe I know we, we can just look back at hypotheticals. But yeah, as you said, Josh, if the Jays did have 10, 20, 
25 more games at Rogers Center, I, I think easily they would have won a couple more of them and been a playoff team and wouldn't have had to rely on other teams to really give them a shot at it. So um, you, you can't dwell on it as a baseball fan or a Blue Jays fan. Uh, that's just how it shook out with COVID ravaging everything for the past year and a half or whatever it's been now. So uh, they'll get a full season in hopefully next year at the Rogers Center in Toronto and uh, having half the year there will be huge for that team. If they're fairly similar, uh, I think they can contend with the Rays for first place in that division. Well, we can only hope that that's what we see next year, Ty. Um, you mentioned Wayne Simmons there, so it kind of I, I want to build off that thought about how the crowd affects you know some of the way these guys play. You mean taking in, in terms of baseball? It's a quiet game to begin with. Uh, you need big plays to get people going. And I I know in hockey, especially the crowd in Toronto, it, you know nothing that a lot of guys like more. You know, then guys dropping the mitts, guys like Simmons trying to put people through the boards. But I wanted to ask you about your thoughts on a maybe a lesser known commodity that the Leafs brought in this offseason in Curtis Gabriel. I'm very intrigued by this guy. I kind of he came up on my radar last year, I believe, when he was slugging it out in the Pacific, um, basically stirring up a ton of shit, but also kind of making him names for self, like in the community and uh, doing a lot of uh, uh, advocacy and uh, charitable work. Yeah, Curtis Gabriel came on a lot of people's radars last year, and uh, I remember following him on Instagram. Like as I got it, someone's like, "Oh, you should follow Curtis Gabriel." I'm like, "I'm gonna follow Curtis Gabriel, sure." He's just like kind of an American Hockey League player at that point, um, but he was really entertaining. Like he was posting his when he was playing for the Sharks last year. He was posting his pregame meals. I don't know if you guys seen. He eats like at least two baked potatoes every day with like a huge <laughs> wow. smoothie. This guy's <laughs> an absolute monster. So. Um, he's, he's a pretty good follow, but, uh, remember him playing an Owen sound actually, and just thinking, all right, like this guy can, can drop the mitts. This guy can put the puck in the net, but didn't really ever think he, he'd be a consistent NHL player. And obviously Kyle Dubas and the Toronto Maple Leafs think that in training camp, he could compete for a spot and maybe bring that spark to the lineup, something that they've needed for quite a while. I, we didn't really get to see Wayne Simmons play that type of role last year in, in a shortened season, but at the end of the day, boys, I just think the, the depth up front for the Toronto Maple Leafs is too much now for a guy like Gabriel to make it. Uh, when you're looking at the Leafs' lines, they almost got five lines right now that they can roll out, and uh, that's a good thing if you're Sheldon Keefe and the coaching staff. But uh, I think we will probably see a, a lot of Curtis Gabriel at the Coca-Cola Coliseum down here in Toronto. We'll be playing for the Toronto Marlies, and he'll be living a good life because, as you guys don't know, if you're playing for the Marlies, it's almost like you're being treated as a Toronto Maple Leaf. So uh, he'll st he'll probably still have a pretty good season. Yeah, right across the street, you get access to all the amenities. Your swipe card works probably everywhere except the players' lounge <laughs> for the Leafs or or something like that. But uh, you mentioned following Curtis Gabriel on Instagram. What do you th what are you making of all this noise here with uh, Facebook being down, Instagram being down? Is your life turned upside down, Ty, or what? No, I'm lucky. I don't really live uh, on these social media apps. I was just talking to a girlfriend about it, actually. But supposedly they're back up, so people's lives can go back to normal. Boys, influencers can have their fake jobs back. And, uh, <laughs> life can life can just be back to how it was, and, and we can all live. Uh, we could just be sane again, right? Facebook and Instagram are back, and WhatsApp, supposedly. It was just a, a real hectic day. I mean, it was a weird day for uh, social media. Twitter was... You know, all the fire, it was the only thing that was working. Everybody was on there. And, you know, I said to Lesko earlier, you, you brought up the, the influencers, right? I mean, like, have people been checking on those people? Like, are, are we sure that they're okay right now? I mean, geez. I think they've probably contemplated life changes and, and maybe job changes, but I, I think they're all okay. We should check on them 
on our Instagram feeds or I don't really use Facebook, but our Facebook feeds later and uh, hopefully they're all fine. But you know what, boys, with everything down, like I'm usually checking Twitter anyway. That's our go-to app, I think, as sports fans. But uh, I did get to watch All or Nothing, the Amazon series about the Leafs. So it kind of worked out today. Nice. Well, we wanted to ask you about that. Um, what'd you think, Ty? Did you did you binge it all or what? Oh yeah, it was completely binged, boys. So uh, five down the drain that easily. I got to take it all in at once, and you know what? Uh, I gained a lot of respect for Sheldon Keefe. Like you worked alongside him, right, Josh? Like you you kind of know Sheldon Keefe just a little bit from your Pembroke days. Oh, right? dude, dude, that was the Sheldon Keefe I know. <laughs> okay, so that's what I was kind of thinking. I, I thought about you while I was watching. And I was just thinking, like, man, Sheldon Keefe's like. A fucking awesome guy. On like, fire. Guy's on yeah, fire. I gained a lot of respect for him as a head coach, so uh, hence why the Leafs gave him a two-year contract extension, whatever it was, a few days ago. But um, from first episode to fifth, I, I thought Amazon did a great job. Uh, you probably didn't get to see a lot of what us fans, uh, hockey fans, would want to see. Maybe a lot more behind the doors things. But we yeah. got to see Mitch Marner be funny. We got to see Jumbo be hilarious. You saw a little insight into like Spetz's family uh, in one of those last episodes. And uh, Kyle Dubas's office looked cool. It's like our dream office, boys. Like <laughs> the entire organizational depth chart on the wall where you can just like shift around players like we kind of did in like NHL 14 back in the day. So, um, yeah, I, I, all in all, I thought it was great. And um seeing Marner and Matthews at the end crying disappointed after they lost the game seven that's what you expect and uh you, you hope they have the fire coming into this year now I just, think sorry let's go ahead uh, yeah, just oh. a couple of broken souls there at the end I know uh there was a teaser out of that Keefe speech and, and a lot of people kind of thought that that alone changed their opinions of what they thought but you know what and I, you know, I wasn't one who bought into it, but there was that narrative kind of getting spun last year that somehow Keefe is Mr. Best Friend Coach Guy, too soft on, on the players. And I think the, the series certainly paints him in a great light, but definitely changed and put to bed that, that false narrative, I think, that somehow he was soft on these guys and, and letting them do whatever they wanted. Oh, 100% it did. I think if any Leafs fan is watching the series, they can see that clearly, I think, within the first couple episodes. So um, he's a coach that's going to be hard on his players. Uh, it seemed like he was like that from the outside looking in with the Toronto Marlies, and hence why the Marlies probably had so much success. They were a talented team, but they ended up winning uh, the, the Calder uh, the Calder Cup and, and winning the title in the American Hockey League. So he's hoping to replicate that with the Toronto Maple Leafs at the NHL level, boys. As we know, it's tough with 32 teams and everyone's battling for it, but um, if people out there haven't seen it, would highly suggest it, even if they're not Leafs fans. Like, yeah. I would have I watched this on the Columbus Blue Jackets, and we would have got some cool John Tortorella stuff from last oh, season. But boy. Um, any other team I would have been all in for. And you know what? The one other thing I could bring up to you guys is the like ever since Elliot Friedman brought up the Ilya Mikheyev trade request and then seeing him like walk into the office and like not complaining about his ice time last year, but kind of being worried about his ice time, the Kyle Dubas, it all kind of made sense. Mm -hmm. And it just, as a Leafs fan, boys, as you guys know, like, it just makes you interested. Like, is he going to stick around this season? Are they going to trade him before next Tuesday? Like, he's getting a shot with Nylander and Tavares, it seems. But, like, Michael Bunting then doesn't have a spot in the top six, which maybe a lot of Leafs fans want. So, uh, does that of trade request maybe get granted at some point before the season or at some point this season? Well, I'm going to have to score some goals, build yeah, stock, I think, Exactly. First. 
Exactly. He's True. got to increase his stock. I mean, you can't just go up to your GM and say, trade me. And then, you know, you, you haven't been playing that great. You don't have any numbers to, to, you know, show other teams that you're a good asset to pick up. And then you get traded for a bag of pucks and then you start playing great with your new team. I mean, you're really boning your own, your, your GM. Like you got to go out there and you got to prove to the league that, you know, I can be an effective player uh, in this league. I mean, if he can't be an effective player on the Leafs in, in, mm-hmm. in, in a regular season, okay, like if you're not scoring on the Toronto Maple Leafs during a regular season, I don't know where you're going to score. Because I, I get it if you're not in the top six, but when you think about, you just pointed it out, Ty, like when you think about the strength of the Maple Leafs offensive power in the top six, does that not leave some pretty sheltered minutes for the bottom six? And if you're a oh. if you're a scorer, a guy that can skate like the wind, like Mikheyev can, then you should be producing because all the other teams' best shutdown players are busy with the top six. That gives you sheltered minutes, and yeah, you might only get twelve or thirteen of them, but come on, you got to have at least a couple chances. And don't try and tell me that he never had any chances. <laughs> no, that's true. He, he probably missed more breakaways than we could even count. Uh, more opportunities. He missed some, I think, in that Montreal series in the first round. But you're right. It's a great point. Like, even having him on the third line, which I guess, quote-unquote, might be Sheldon Keefe's shutdown line with um, Andre Kasha and David Camp. Like, that'd be not a bad left winger instead of having an Alex Kerfoot on that line and kind of wasting, to be honest, his offensive capabilities. We saw Kerfoot playing in the top six last year, especially when Tavares went down early on. Like mm-hmm. It looked like he could play in the top six and actually produce, kind of like he did in Colorado a bit. So, yeah, in that sense, you're right. Maybe Mikheyev is better suited on that third line, but um, he would have to produce more to have other teams interested in him. But, hey, it, it works out in the opposite for some other players. How good was Andreas Janssen at times in Toronto? And all of a sudden, he goes to New Jersey last year, and he was horrendous offensively. Yeah. So you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, and, you know, just before we go, go away from it too far, the back on the uh, All or Nothing documentary, and, and specifically Sheldon, like you guys were kind of chatting about earlier, I that pissed me off to no end when people were like, oh, this guy's a pushover. Like, he, I thought, uh, you know, he's supposed to be a hard ass or something. He's a real soft player. Because I didn't even really know where that started from. I think it was I, just because he was a new coach and people were like, oh, new young coach. Younger. Like, He's he's their best friend, not their not their coach. You I know? thought I thought that there might have been some some like some shrapnel or some some runoff from Dubis, you know, quote unquote caving in and, and giving the players too much money, giving them what they wanted. Oh, he just bent over and gave them whatever they wanted and now Sheldon is giving them the minutes and giving them whatever they want there too. Like I knew that that's not how he was. Like I would I wouldn't disagree with you if you told me that he was a player's coach. But what I would make sure to clarify is that you better fucking earn it because he'll be a player's coach for you, but only after you have agreed to run through walls for him. Yeah, and I think a lot of those narratives, guys, start from the media, don't they? Like, Mm -hmm. They don't really start from the fans. I think all those weird trade uh, rumors start from a lot of the fans on social media now but I think a lot of those narratives about new head coaches about whoever in the game that's new I think a lot of that does stem from the media unfortunately so maybe that was the case with Sheldon Keith but yeah, if you do uh, end up watching the five episodes of the Amazon series, uh, you, you completely see that it is not the narrative at all. Like He can be hard on his top players when needed. Um, he can be hard on really anyone on the team when needed. 
So Sheldon Keefe gets another opportunity with the extension a few days ago. The Toronto Maple Leafs management staff obviously believe in him. And I think, as I said earlier, uh, the Leafs fans out there have gained a lot of respect for him because we were talking about it after our hockey game last night and everyone on our team completely agreed that uh, they gained a lot of respect for Keefe, uh, as did I. I think we learned what his favorite word is. (laughs) What was that? Fuck. <laughs> well, who, who, that's everyone's favorite word, yeah. isn't it, right? I mean, I think he saw the... Tops of the hockey vernacular there. Yeah, I think he saw the uh, the Bruce Boudreaux infamous <laughs> rant where he said fuck like 27 times in, in, in 48 seconds or something. And he one-upped him big time. Like, yeah. I don't think... I think every other word out of his mouth was an F-bomb. Yeah, I, I loved glad, it. I'm glad it kind of worked that way, too, where... Where, like you said, everyone gained a little bit more respect and got to see what he's actually like. Because when back when he got hired, I asked a bunch of former players who played for him back here, and they said the same thing: he's tough, but he's fair. Right? Basically, mm-hmm. it takes the time to 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 address people as individuals, but doesn't hold back when it's warranted. So I'm happy to see that. Yeah, and him saying fuck so much was weird too, just because he had the like N95 mask on the whole time, <laughs> usually when he was saying it. Like, wasn't it weird watching him do speeches to the team with that mask on? Like, yeah, you, yes. You never knew if he was actually saying those words. Like, you can't really tell what someone's saying with one of those huge masks on. So you're like, are they like editing in other things? But like, yeah, you can never really tell. And they definitely edit in when Jumbo was in the car listening to like Fan 590. He was not listening to the fan 590. Oh, Who are we kidding? They yeah. edited that in. Most definitely. I Seems couldn't like agree more. like something he doesn't care about anyway. Exactly. Because like he, he's always like, oh, yeah, no, I I'm just fucking going along, not paying attention and doing my job. He doesn't seem like the type, but I don't know. Maybe maybe they set something like that up. Maybe they threw it on you know, around that time just, just to get the content. Maybe it's a little more... Uh, uh, stage, or if you will, I guess. Yeah, like, hey, Joe, throw this on. and Yeah, uh, right after you get signed, let's see what we can yeah. pick up here for a soundbite. But I thought it was really cool that they, they did, you know, offer a lot of insight into what happens, you know, in, in the boardrooms and at the general mm-hmm. manager's table. I, I do, obviously, like you said before, Ty, all hockey fans are going to say, oh, I wish there was more of that. But for me, it's not necessarily that I wish there was more of it. I would say if I had a complaint about the all or nothing series. Um, I watched the games. Okay. I don't need 45 minutes of game footage. And the fact that it's two, one Toronto heading into the second period. I I know that already. I watched all the games. I thought they wasted so much time with like weird, unnecessary, like clips and montages of them playing on the ice. I know it's necessary, but I thought it was overkill. That's true. Yeah, I didn't really think of that when watching it, but looking back, yeah, there was a lot of tons uh, game game tape, uh, especially. Well, maybe they were they expecting to go more than five episodes. By the way, like, <laughs> well, come they on, they been, most right? definitely like, were. Yeah, because yeah. it ended pretty abruptly. Like you're just like, man, there's like 15 minutes left, and like they're in game four. Like this is <laughs> yeah. gonna end pretty quickly. So. Um, yeah, there there was a lot of the game tape. It was cool to see some of the injuries too, like seeing Felino go back there and like his back completely seized up. Yeah, um, seeing Zach Bogosian like spit out blood after he went into the end boards and like absolutely murdered his shoulder. So, mm-hmm. oh, and then getting the stitches too and like the inside of your lip that must have been fun if you're Zach Bogosian. But uh, a lot of that stuff was cool. But yeah, there there should have been way more of it for sure. There definitely was, but I don't know why they they just wanted to add in. Uh, a lot more of the the gameplay, but like the team, one... the team was so close. Like they were so gelled. I was watching it with my fiance Kirsty, and like even she was like, 
they're having so much fun. She was like, this, this is fun. Like, she was really enjoying it too, which speaks volumes. Non-hockey fan, doesn't really care about it at all. She really enjoyed the documentary, watched all the episodes. We binged it as well. Um, she was like, this is really fun. Like, these guys are really good friends. They look like they're having a good time. And I, I kept yelling on my side of the room, how did we lose? <laughs> like, how, how the fuck did we lose, man? Just like, reopen that wound. Oh my god! Like they're coming off. They're having a good time. They're putting the pucks in the in the cardboard thing, and they're giving it to Jack. And Jack has funny speeches. He's so awkward. Like he's he's so socially awkward. He's everybody's favorite guy. You just can't wait mm-hmm. to see what he has to say. You got Joe making jokes, walking by John Tavares, slapping him in the ass. Like it was the the boys. They should have done something. I'm not saying they should have won it all, but they should have done something. And for the love of God, it shouldn't have been that. I know it, it sucked when you saw them put that third puck in like the Stanley Cup thing, and you're just oh. like, you just know there's not going to be one more of those oh. pucks. Like, there's so many spaces for pucks. What a waste like, of wood. That was complete waste. You're like, who has to take these pucks out? Like, what equipment manager oh. ends up taking those three pucks out after and like throwing that in the trash, right in the or, trash. or whatever they ah, they do with it? it. So yeah. Oh, they for sure burned it. For sure. <laughs> if there's one thing I wanted to comment just when you guys are talking about the, the abundance of game footage is that, and I haven't seen all of it yet, but I, I did really notice they got some sick angles of things. And I, and I always thought the HBO ser- series got that really good too because they had that um, that ice level view going with a lot of the plays. Um, also, when you added up with some of the miking up they had, I, f- I found that gave you a... A, just a more unique experience and 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 just drastically better than what you would get on on the average broadcast you know and and your average overhead view that you're you're getting on a normal game oh the cameras were great yeah they had so many film like they had guys at like felino's house in sudbury they had a camera crew at spezza's house wherever that was in mississauga and yeah i think on uh, nice level at the games they they must have had like five six different uh, camera guys going around the ring so yeah that's why there was a lot of angles and the last thing, Josh, you ended up watching the whole thing. How weird was it in the end, like when you ended up seeing like Ben Hutton and Stefan Nason and like <laughs> Riley Nash? You're like, man, these guys are so dust. Like <laughs> they, they ended up being in this documentary and like getting acquired by the Leafs, which was hilarious. But yeah, a couple dusty cameos for those guys. Probably yeah. should have just cut them out all together. Like I forgot, honestly. Till Ta- you mentioned their names, the taxi squad guys. <laughs> they even got those guys. <laughs> I think Riley Nash played like a game, maybe. Oh, he was terrible. There's so much talk about him. I was going to be like a, a useful tool in the playoffs, blah, 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 and just crickets. Wait, waste of conditional picks, boys. That's all those were. I conditional guess so. picks. And you know, and, Dubas doesn't like to waste his picks, let me well, tell you. In retrospect, no. that Felino one. Oh, like, oh no, goodness. Felino, yeah. <laughs> Especially because he left. Like, you know, it's funny because I, I really didn't like him when they were playing that Columbus series. Like, And for the same reason why I loved why we got him. He was pushing dudes around. He was mouthy. Like, he was right at the, the heart of it when the, Columbus beat the Leafs. And he comes to us. He gets hurt. He doesn't have a good time. And then he jets off to Boston. So I went from fuck you, Felino, I love you, Felino, back to fuck you, Felino. <laughs> <laughs> going to hate him even more this year when he buries the Leafs. Eh? Absolutely. And you, <laughs> you know, know he's he going to. You know OT he will. OT winner, at least one, called it. <laughs> I think he's wearing Lucic's 17 there, so he's just going to be an absolute truck. Like, what are the odds you go to a team and you can't get number 71, eh? Like, stupid Taylor Hall. 
<laughs> yeah, you'd be the one to have it. And of course, you you're all in the jersey numbers, so of course you'd slide that in there. But you're also got your finger on the pulse of the imports coming in from Russia and Europe. I know last year on our preseason show, you pointed right at Kirill Kaprizov, said Calder candidate, also fantasy uh, legit, and that was a win. I took your advice. I picked him. I still came second last in my pool, but uh, wasn't because of Kaprizov. But I wanted to ask you, is there anyone coming over this year that is maybe not Kaprizov level, but it's somebody worth keeping an eye on? Yeah, oh, for sure. I think there's a couple Russians. I think a lot of Canucks fans are pumped about Vasily Pudkolzin. I know I'm doing a, uh, my first fantasy draft tomorrow night, boys, and I am gunning for Vasily Pudkolzin. So he won't put up Kaprizov numbers. Like It was stupid what Kaprizov was doing in the KHL, hence why he got this insane deal from Bill Guerin in the Minnesota Wild after one NHL season. But uh, there's no one at his level, but Pod Colson should, should in my eyes, um, at least be competing for the Calder Trophy like midseason. Maybe he doesn't get there if a lot of other guys kind of have great rookie seasons, but Pod Colson should be there. I think Vitaly Kraftsov in New York is going to get an opportunity in the top six. Like If you have Kraftsov playing with, let's say, a Zibanejad, because looks like Strom and Panarin might play together, uh, Kraftsov could have a great season. He got a little sniff last year in New York, so big stage for him uh, in New York. That could be fun. Um, a lot of other Russians in the league, though. Like We've seen the Russian numbers kind of drop a couple years ago, and they're kind of slowly and steadily uh, going up, which I obviously love to see. So a uh, couple rookie candidates this year being Pod Colson and Kraftsov, and even one other, Lesko, that um, I, I saw some preseason stuff on, on Twitter the other day from Vegas. Some guy I'd never even heard of named Daniil Miramanov, who was undrafted. I think he switched from forward to D. I think Igor Larionov's like, yeah, Daniil, you, you got to switch to D. And this guy scored a couple dirty goals for Vegas uh, in one of their preseason games. So maybe at some point he's a goal tonight, but uh, not a stud, but a guy you might want to keep an eye out for. I have some PTSD whenever uh, the name Kirill Kaprizov is mentioned because of our trade. Yeah, why is that, Josh? Because yeah, of our that? trade in fantasy <laughs> hockey. I'm actually yeah. glad to have you on the show so we can uh, break down that trade because it's just the worst trade of all time in, in, in fantasy <laughs> hockey. But, but I will always and forever rest on these laurels. If Rod the Bod would have played Peter Mrazek I believe it was either the Saturday or the Sunday. I would have actually beaten you. Like we were tight. We played. Wow. We played in the match, right? But it wouldn't and, have been tight yeah. if you didn't make the trade, though. That's true. Yeah. That's also okay. True. Okay. That's <laughs> okay. Whatever. Just whatever. shot him right down. Yeah, he you're was right. Standing up. He was standing up tight, and he just sat down when I said that. <laughs> yeah, <a> but <laughs> okay. But the, the 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 thing is, is like okay, and like Jake. Jake cut me to my core, okay? Because like he oh, did, for sure he, he, did. he didn't he didn't like name me on the fantasy show with Boomer Gordon on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio Channel ninety one. He didn't nice. actually name me, but he talked about it, and he was like, and then I think Boomer was like, oh no, one of those pigeons, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> I have to pull over, take my pants off, and start cooing like a fucking pigeon right now because that's what I deserve. <laughs> Did he did he say like oh like a guy no his name rhymes with Posh Dolman no like, no no like, there was literally I I will give him that credit he didn't actually throw the shade directly to me uh, but it was I I could feel it and I I was like yelling at the radio I was like it was Rod's fault it was Rod the bod like and the other thing was 
it took Mrazek a hundred years to get healthy again. I made the trade yeah. with you. The recent report on Yahoo said that he was taking full participation in practice, had full mobility on his thumb, <laughs> and he was expected back any time. And I was like, man, this is going to be a huge trade. Like, it's a big deal, but I'm going to make it, and I need the goaltending. I was super pumped. It didn't work out for me. It nearly worked out for me in the playoffs. I ended up losing, and now forever I'm, I'm going to be regarded as a pigeon in the league forever. You owe me, Ty. Yeah, I, I'll, you know what? I'll give you a, a chunk of the trophy that I didn't get for winning the league, actually. So um, I, I could have gave you the cut of the money, but I think I already spent it. So um, it, it was a nice title at the end of the day, and I do have to thank you for that. But uh, you have full redemption this year, hopefully, um, in the league, which, yes, it is called The League, um, which I love that name. Just It, it was a great, great show name. as well. Great show. But, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll see what happens this year. Just just draft Kaprizov and don't trade him this year yeah, if you really yeah, want him. Whatever. Whatever. Advice Listen. on drafting him, drafts him, and then gives it to the guy who said to draft. But him. I stole him. Like I stole him from Ty. Do you remember Ty? Oh, ba- oh bad. That was ruthless. <laughs> I drafted yeah. him. It's like fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I did. I, but then the next day, I drafted him in my other league, and then I was like, you know what? Fuck this! Like, I got to trade for him at some point this year in Jake's league. And then Josh, uh, you clutched it, man. You I clutched, clutched it. it by basically giving him to you. But you know uh, what? Sometimes in in sports, whether it be fantasy or real life, you have to create relationships with your with your fellow GMs. Okay, that's called an olive branch. All right. Uh, so we now have a good trade relationship, so we'll be able to swindle some deals down the road here. Only that's boat true. anchors. Only boat anchors for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Well, what do you got, Lesko? Where are you taking us next, buddy? Uh, I, that's it for me. Uh, Pretty much. I uh, really want to thank you again, Tyler, for joining us. Uh, regular here on the show. Good friend of the show. And uh, I guess uh, just to wrap it up, you want to tell people where they can find you online and on the radio? Yeah, yeah. Just uh, give me a follow on Twitter at TylerMatteraz47. And uh, Josh gave a shout. Nice, really nice shout out to the channel, which I think you've said before, Josh. It's always tough saying SiriusXM, NHL Network Radio Channel 91, but you did it perfectly. Uh, NHL morning skate, though, myself, Gord Stelic, every morning, 7 to 8 a.m., we're breaking down the games, which do start next Tuesday, October 12th. So a couple games on that day. We'll see the Kraken kick off their season on Tuesday. You boys will be watching Leafs-Habs on Wednesday, which should be fun. And, uh, yeah, just uh, pumped to get another season underway and and pumped to absolutely destroy Coleman in uh, fantasy hockey again. Oh, my God. That, that, That draft isn't tomorrow, though. No, I think that one is next week. Yeah, next, next week. Monday, eh? I got a 16-team draft on tomorrow, so that'll be a long one. 16-teamer. Oh, look at the waiver wire. You should see it. It's uh, it's pretty thin. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. Uh, how many players per per team? I think probably the same amount as us, like three centers, three rights, three left wing. All right, so uh, pretty Four D and then some bench, yeah, but like, the waiver wire is actually hilarious uh, if you try to monitor and try to pick up players. You'd be picking up, like, literal fourth-liners for a game. Yes, yeah, so someone probably picked up Curtis Gabriel at some point last year. <laughs> you know what, though? Seriously. D- does that not make you feel even better, though, when you pick up a duster and he gets one for you? Oh, for sure, 100%. Like, like even a, an assist. <laughs> yeah. Even he gets you an assist, you're like, boom, that's why I picked him up. couple <laughs> sogs, hey, eh? A couple sogs. You're like, yes, sir. Get those <laughs> shots, bud. Let's go. Oh, and then you pick up like an actual good player and he like just gives you an absolute Done. zero stat line across. You're like, Nikita Gusev couldn't have got me one shot on goal. Like, what's <laughs> going on? Come on. Hey, the goose is loose now, eh? 
Is he uh, off his PTO? Hey, well, snap him. I don't know. Well, he had a PTO, right? Yeah, that's what it was. They're probably they're probably gonna snip him, boys. Yeah, think so, eh? There's well, where is he gonna fit? Where is he gonna fit? He's back to the KHL, and and you know, with all the wingers that they brought in, that they even signed, I, I don't even see him really pushing any of those guys out of his way. I mean, take it back to Gabriel. I'll take him running around the ice, putting guys through the boards over Gusev, trying whatever it is he's trying to do out there. But so far, it's not much. No, I, I do love the goose though. When he's loose, he's actually really, really good. But uh, I wouldn't mind to see him get a shot with another NHL team. Like a lot of these players on PTOs, they don't get a contract from that specific team. It's almost like they're trying out for other teams in that sense, with, with other teams watching the preseason action. So hopefully the goose gets another chance. But uh, should be interesting to see uh, if well when the Leafs make their cuts because a lot of teams have the Leafs have barely made any cuts so far. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. I mean, you want to keep. I guess you want to keep the competition level up all the way through camp as long as you can, right? Yeah, yeah, and just kind of see where you're at. Like it'll be a big test tonight. Um, against the Ottawa Senators. I, I think that game is near you guys, if I'm not mistaken, tonight. I don't know where it is. Maybe it's in Ottawa. Maybe it's in Toronto. Yep, but, Ottawa, uh, nice. Yeah, in Ottawa. Yeah. Some of those guys uh, competing for spots uh, in the bottom six for the Leafs. So we'll see who, uh, who Sheldon Keefe ends up taking, who ends up cutting, and uh, should be a, a pretty different Leafs roster come next Wednesday night. Nice. Well, listen, before I let you, before we let you go, Ty, I wanted to ask and see if Jake did his job. So last week, if you recall, I'm not sure if he mentioned it to you, that we were we were recording with Jake just prior to you heading over to Jake's mm-hmm. to, to catch the Jays game. So we said, we said we wanted to have a guest on next week, and we were thinking maybe it would be you. So we said, well, listen, if, if, if Ty's walking through the door in a couple minutes, why don't you play manager? And uh, see if you <laughs> see if you can book his services. So, do I owe uh, Jake some commission on the sale, or, or did he not bring it up to you? No, you you owe Jake a little. Yeah, he did bring it up to me, but uh, that would have been fun. But man, he just got a new dog, and it's like whenever you walk in, Jake's it, like actually it wouldn't have ruined the pod. It kind of maybe would have made it funny if you just kind of heard a dog barking in the background. But uh, yeah, I don't know if it would have gone that well. But it was a great idea, and Jake did bring it up to me and. Said he had a great time uh, talking about his hole in one. I don't think he stopped talking about it since uh, since he got it, boys. Well, how can you, man? Come on. For sure, for sure. I'd be I, taking an ad out in the fucking paper. <laughs> I, I think I've golfed a round of eighteen like six or seven times. I've gotten one par, and I haven't stopped talking about it. So <laughs> that's my hole in one. Beauty, man. Well, listen, it's always a hole in one when we have you here on the show, Ty. Ooh. The so. Sultan of Segways. <laughs> well, thanks again for joining us, Tyler Mataraz, Sirius XM, NHL Network Radio, Channel 91 host. You catch him in the mornings, 7 to 8. Follow him on Twitter at TylerMataraz47. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking to you some, at some point throughout the season, Ty. We'll keep the phone lines open for you, eh? A hundred percent, boys. I'm always here. I'm ready to go and always pumped to get on the podcast. So uh, keep it going, boys, and enjoy the start of the season next Tuesday. Right on. Right thanks on. a lot. You thanks, too, Ty. buddy. All right, cheers, boys. Cheers. All right, well, there he goes, Tyler Mataraz. Good stuff. Yeah, guys, Always. Lo- loves to loves to shoot the shit, eh? Had a lot of interesting thoughts there on the documentary. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. I, I got to finish watching the damn you thing. So you we finished it. So how many we, eps, how many epis? We, yeah. I got like three quarters for the first one. Like, so oh, I, yeah. I was going to watch at the cottage this weekend, but the internet there is like satellite internet shit, right? Yeah, and I'm off grid and all that, so. I watched uh, as much as I could kind of muster through and then I'm struggling. So I just kind of quit on it. Cause yeah, you want to watch it nicely. Well, I want to watch nicely and like yeah. the TV at the cottage is not the greatest. So like I figured I'll do it at home. But yeah, I know we did talk about it last week. We wanted to watch it all so that we can hammer it out in depth on the show. So what I'm thinking is once I get this thing in, uh, 
we, you know, we, we take a good hour, maybe a good episode just to kind of walk through the whole thing and give our thoughts for all our leafers out there, uh, you know, that are hanging on by a thread and, and trying to get fired up for this season. Um, at least, you know, I've gleaned, I guess, a lot of the headline stuff as we all have since it's come out. It's been floating around the internet along with a couple of clips here and there. But the I main takeaway is the Keefe thing, right? Yeah, I, I, yeah, those are the headlines. Like we and we kind of glossed over them there with uh, with Ty and, um, but I do really enjoy the behind the scenes look and and you know I like the Leafs blueprint and and the yeah. open gym the wraps do. Yeah. Um. So I'm hoping it's it's you know it kind of lives up to that level of kind of quality and excellence. And I know it's, it's, it's kind of PR fluff at the same time. And they've got the editorial control, but it's still more than we get on the average day. And, and especially when uh, guys like us who watch the season so closely, you know, we can go back and like, I remember that game. Yeah. I, I remember we're speculating on what, you know, what was going on in the room or, or what, how these guys felt after that situation. So I, I, I'm glad we get to have that look. And well, I won't spoil it for you, but there is one. I think it's in the fourth epi. Uh, it's a Joe Thornton um, interaction with another player from another team. And it is absolutely golden. Oh, it was the Nick Ehler stuff, Yeah, right? it was. Yeah, I'm looking so forward to that. It was absolutely golden. Like I said, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it was so golden, Lesko. And it's just like you said, I was watching it on the weekend and I threw back. I remembered that exact mm-hmm. moment. And I remember being like, man, Joe is losing it. Yeah. I remember texting the group chat. Look at Joe. He's losing it and on they, So Ehlers. they happened to have him mic'd up that game because what I read is that they had a coach and a player mic'd up every game. Every game? Yeah. So that one was really cool to, like you just said, remember seeing it live and wondering what he was saying. Because I also remember a big conversation going on at the penalty box between Thornton and the ref. Mm. Because Thornton got a penalty and I was mad. I was mad too. I was like, why is he getting the only penalty? And there was a conversation and it was cool because just this past weekend, I got to have all those questions answered. From, from months ago yeah. when it was going on and I had no idea what was happening. Now I have an idea what was happening. So I, like I said before, I think the only thing that I didn't like about the documentary and, and I'm, you know, I'm really searching for something because I loved it. But one thing I didn't like is I just thought there was too much focus on like game. Yeah. I guess play. having seen the games, it's like, okay, yeah, I know. I remember whatever where it's like, but they're trying to set the stage for the the average viewer, I guess. Right. Which that's true. I guess the average viewer is not a hockey fan. That's or true. Not a Leaf fan. That's a good even, point. So yeah, no, that's a good point. And I think there's something there for everybody. I mean, if you're just a, I mean, if you're if you're a hockey fan of any team, I think you're going to enjoy something like that. I mean, Most I always definitely. have, you know, even even like I said, the HBO 24/7s and the Road to the Winter Classic or whatever they did. Um, I found the you know, the SN version toned down from what HBO did, but it was still, still enjoyable, still interesting. So if you're like me, then I think you'll, you'll get something out of that. So apparently all the websites are back online. So yeah, I did see that. I did see that. (laughs) (laughs) I was enjoying the chaos. I kind of was too. I would have been okay if the chaos continued on for another day or so, but actually I, I might not have been okay because I needed to, uh, book our guest for our next episode. I don't know if we're, we're this is terrible podcasting, but are we going to tell everyone who's nope. coming on Wednesday? Nope. No? Okay. Well, it's not a huge announcement or anything. We just... Well, we, they don't know that. You're right. It could be. Okay. <laughs> huge announcement coming. 
We oh. will see you guys later on. No, we got another. We got another shorter epi that we're gonna drop. It's uh, it's gonna be coming out probably just in a few short days. So in addition to uh, tonight's podcast featuring Tyler Matteras from Sirius XM NHL Network Radio Channel 91. The more you say it, the easier it gets. I'm not even going to try. You um, notice how you always say it and I don't. I think I did once or twice and I like it took me probably twice as long as you to say it, but I did get it out. <laughs> you got it. I remember the first time we had Ty on, I asked him to say it because it was a mouthful, <laughs> and he fucked it up. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Which was hilarious. But yeah, okay, so uh, keep your eyes on your downloads because we're going uh, to have this episode obviously out tonight with Ty, and then we'll have uh, another episode coming up quickly. And then, of course, the season is going to be starting, man, like, just like that. Just like that. Um, the one actual live hockey to talk about the one thing that was really devastating to me if facebook was actually you know down and gone forever um our live show we're we're likely going to be having another uh facebook live event bringing it back for the home opener so we'll be doing the intermission intermission again post game show maybe maybe a little pregame i think maybe a little pregame would be nice uh even just for 10, 15 minutes uh, prior to the game, maybe crack a beer, get uh, get people fired up, get the jerseys on. It's going to be a lot of fun, man. So uh, we are planning for that, and I was worried if Facebook was going to be down. I guess we can't do that anymore, but we're back up online, so we should be able to do that next week. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, just at this point, looking for the season to get underway. I haven't really watched a ton of preseason. I'm not going to watch whatever duster squad they sent to Ottawa tonight. But it uh, is a dusty you know, squad. I, I'm just looking forward to seeing the big boys back. Forgetting about last year, I'm sure they're they're looking forward to it too for the exact same reasons. Yeah, just moving the fuck on. Actually, big news: Matthews back on the ice today. Yes, full, full participant. Yep. in practice yesterday, he was almost a full participant. Just didn't take any contact drills. Yeah, word from the coaching the staff hard. was that he's uh, he's ahead of schedule, I guess. And uh, what he said today is that his shot isn't quite where he wants it to be at but is uh, coming along. So I imagine that's somewhere where he was last year when he managed to nearly score 50 goals with uh, a bum wrist. A bum wrist. Especially so. those, that, what was it, like a week and a half, two-week span where he was still playing, but he noticeably was different. Well, he, he went like shooting. five games without he scoring. He wasn't shooting, yeah. But he was scoring, though. Remember, he was tipping it in. Yeah, he was finding different ways to he score, was which he does, nice too. Tips, so. Which is amazing. He's not just a guy that has to snipe it into the net. Like, he can score on a wraparound or he'll stay, he'll stand in front and get a garbage goal. Like I love to see that as a fan and just even as a fan of the game in general, I love to see guys score in, in many, many different ways. And that's, you know, when Ovechkin first broke into the league too, like his first few handfuls of seasons, he was scoring goals in all kinds of different ways. Let's go from his ass, from his back. Like he scored all kinds of different crazy goals. Now he kind of just shoots it into the net, right? Stands there. Yeah, he shoots it into the net more than he did early on in his career. So I remember having a few conversations about Matthews and likening him to Ovechkin and saying, well, as of right now, he's scoring goals in many different ways. It's not just it's almost more of a versatile goal scorer. And, yeah. And I, uh, one other note that I noticed um, from some of the reports coming from uh, practice today, what they had Austin Matthews in the Kucherov position, I guess, um, now that they've kind of revamped things. Revamped they put the power Mar- play? Marner down. They've 
did exactly what I said if you play back the shows. Yes. And that's have two shooting threats on the power play. Nylander on one circle. Matthews on the other. Really looking forward to that. Yes. And Marner can dick around below the goal line and dipsy doodle and sauce passes out to the top of the circles. I'm, yeah, and if, he turns, and if he turns it over down there, it's not yeah, a two-on-one. Exactly. We got space. <laughs> Figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, speaking of figuring it out, you want to wrap it up here? Yep. All right, let's wrap it up. Episode 87. Thanks for listening. Sidney Crosby. Oh, hey, speaking of Sidney Crosby, you see he was named to the Olympic roster today? Big shocker. Ooh. Sydney Crosby. I thought he was on the bubble. Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, and Alex Petrangelo were the three names officially recorded for Team Canada. I found that's pretty easy. I find that strange. Why do they have to do that? I don't know why they did that. I think, wasn't it just they asked him about, like, potential roster stuff and he's like I can tell you that these are the three guys that are going to be there for sure no no you have to actually name it oh I'm going to pull it up real quick here as the outro goes goes on like it's some sort of rule like you got to disclose a few guys I mean none of those participating countries were asked to declare three players interesting and Armstrong said the choices for Hockey Canada were very straightforward easy peasy yeah I guess so anyway all right, well, that's it. Episode 87 is a wrap. Thanks for joining us here on the Pucks and D podcast. Josh Coleman, Adam Lesko, always a treat to bring you guys up to speed with what's going on in our lives, what's going on in the world, and what's going on, uh, you know, in the lives of our guests. We had Jake last week. We got Tyler this week. We're keeping it rolling. Uh, Luke Fox a couple weeks ago. I mean, we're real on a guest train right now. Lesko just rolling right into the regular season. It's next week. It's coming up like crazy. Looking forward to it. Can't wait to see you guys later. Keep your eyes peeled for a fresh new download coming later this week as well. At PuckPod, at Coleman42, at Let's Go Adam. Get Pucks Indie.